Happy hump day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts, who are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and today we're going to try something totally new. Andy's hanging out with Drew. They're holding hands and skipping around Phoenix, I assume, or at least that's how I like to imagine it. Um, so we bring in producer Dan here, and because neither one of us really has anything more to say about the Super Bowl, or at least not until we talk about it on Friday, we bring in somebody that hopefully you know from four from four. Hopefully you're following him on Twitter. One of the best follows in terms of props, fantasy, all that good stuff. Mr. Connor Allen, how's it going this morning? It's going great. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, good to hop on. I think this is my first time on Brown Bag Bets, uh, and I'm excited. You know, it's uh, I watch the show a few times here and there, and it's, it's always a good time. No, we like yeah, to do I mean, that. And I guess actually, my first question: Are you sick of talking about the Super Bowl yet? Uh, so I actually counted it up. I have 14 radio spots or shows in the, this week uh, on different things. So I'm not sick yet, but I'm sure by you know Saturday, I'm going to be like, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I'm sure anyone who's already listened to me has already heard the same stuff. But you guys are one of the first ones, so you know we'll get some some fresh takes out here. Yeah, I mean, this is the last game for six months or seven months or I don't know how seven months. So, you know, we got to get all the takes in now and then, you know, you'll take some time to breathe probably for the first time in like six months uh, and then go on, start with your offseason prep draft stuff and whatever. But yeah, I mean, we'll launch into it uh, with the game. I know noobs, you wanted to ask some questions just in general about both of these teams. So where do you want to start? Yeah, we'll start with that before we get into the game odds, because you do have a prop for us kind of tied to those. But again, I know you're a big player, prop better, and just kind of props in general. Could you talk maybe about each team and kind of what the best angles are to attack? I mean, you know, I know everyone's probably just blindly betting Kelsey to score a touchdown and stuff. But there's got to be a little more creative angles. Who are you looking at from a player prop perspective on each side? Yeah, I got on two really early ones. I played on uh, Miles Sanders over at 55 and Kelsey over at 76. I think the Kelsey one's still playable. Sanders is at like 61. There's not really much meat left there on the bone. I mean, that's an extra at least one to two carries at that point, uh, given where it's at now. But personally, like I, I'm having a tough time taking unders. I normally take a ton of unders, but just kind of the way I expect this game to go, there's two key facets here that I think are really difficult for me to envision going otherwise. And that's that I think the Chiefs or that the Eagles will have a ton of success running the ball. If we look at this Chiefs run defense here, they played you know six games against teams we only rank in the top half of the league in run in rushing offense. In four of those in four of those games, they were playing the starter or like a reasonable uh, game there where like Justin Herbert wasn't injured or you know they were trotting on a backup. In those games, those running backs combined for six yards per carry, nearly 500 yards rushing in those games. And now they're playing the Eagles, who are significantly better than all those teams. Uh, and so like, this is by far the best rushing team. Uh, you know, they played and you know, in the league, I mean, their DVOA is like 15%. The next closest is like 7%. Uh, so I think that there's a massive advantage there. And then on the other side, I know Philadelphia fans are not going to like me saying this, but I think their defense is a little bit overrated. And uh, not just because of who they played, but because how they performed against teams who rank in the top half of the league in offense. Again, they haven't played anyone quite in the Chiefs level. But if we look at who they have played, uh, you know, that does ring in the top 16. They played five games against top 16 offenses. In those games, they allowed 30.2 points per game, 2.9 points per drive, and their pass defense just kind of came back on earth. So I think that they're a good defense. They have a lot of awesome players. They're just not necessarily battle-tested in the way that I would like against the Chiefs offense. So I expect both teams to have a ton of success uh, offensively, and kind of the defensive battle and chess piece I think will really determine the game here where – if the Eagles are able to counteract some of the stuff that the, that the Chiefs are doing, if the Chiefs are able to stop the Eagles running game somehow, they load the box, like how that works with everything. Um, those are some of the things I'm still considering, but 
generally, I like the over like 50 points, 51, 51 points right here and, and some overs on player props, too. It does seem like it should be a matchup that drives a lot of points. You mentioned rushing on the Eagles. If you looked at any of the other running backs, I mean, Gainwell's total is right around 19 and a half. I don't have a Boston Scott total in front of me, but we know the Eagles like to run out a lot of guys, especially, you know, if Sanders has had three, four carries in a row. Have you looked maybe further down the depth chart there? Yeah, we're looking at uh, Boston Scott at like seven and a half, eight and a half uh, rushing yards, which it seems low. But I think the issue is that if we look at Miles Sanders and what's happened, I guess, like lately, Against New Orleans, he was wearing a knee brace uh, in week 17. Week 18, he was still on the injury report against the Giants. And then the last two games were blowouts. Like before the games were blowouts, he was seeing he was a predominant back. And they like to use Boston Scott near the goal line. So I, I just worry a little bit of like how much Kenny Gainwell are we going to see if it's like a positive or if it's a neutral game script and not like a massive blowout. And then I worry about like if they're in a neutral ga- or a negative game script, they're probably not going to be running that much. So it'll probably be like some Kenny Gainwell receiving overs the best play i now look i again like i think they have a massive advantage in the trenches so like gainwell could easily get 20 yards on like four carries and that's i think pretty you know pretty easy for him so it's kind of for me it's a stay away maybe a live betting opportunity if they're rotating gainwell in in the first quarter you know maybe i'll I'll take some live kenny gainwell overs because those will actually probably come down um because he's not going to play the first like two drives so you'll probably be able to get like a live 17 and a half you know 18 and a half if you really want to gain well over i like that that's a good live look when you we, the we know the Eagles run game has just been dominant. We know that their offensive line is dominant, but the questions I think are still lingering a little bit about Jalen Hurts's health is the, the what have you seen from him since he's come back? Do you have any concern over that sh- over his shoulder, his ability to throw the ball? Because if the Chiefs can make this a one dimensional game, or like you mentioned, with the Chiefs being able to score. Uh, on, and maybe the Eagles defense maybe being a little bit overrated. It certainly seems in general it's not a great uh, a great game script for the Eagles if they have to be chasing this game anyway. Where are you on what you've seen from Jalen Hurts since returning from his injury? Yeah, I've been a little bit concerned. I mean, just some of his deep balls look off, and I think that's kind of what we're going to see here from the Chiefs. Like, I think they're going to load the box and kind of do what the, we saw the Dolphins do to the Bills uh, a couple of weeks ago where, like, they just told Josh Allen, like, beat us deep, like, you know, if you can do it, great. And like Gabe Davis had a bunch of long catches, but there was no consistency. It was like either they had a 40 yard catch and scored or they, you know, went three and out and the game ended up being really close. And I think that we might see that from the Chiefs. Now, I think A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are obviously plenty good enough to be able to actually take advantage of that. Um, it's just a matter of whether Jalen Hurts can make those throws. Another thing working in his favor is that the Chiefs play one of the highest rates of middle of the field open coverage. So it means like their safeties are split. They're not playing cover one or cover three. They're playing cover two or cover four. Against those coverages, Jalen Hurts has been incredible this year. He's been like top five in basically every category, like catchable target rate, completion rate, all that stuff. So I think that's going for him as well there. I think Dallas Goddard overs are a really interesting look, something I haven't played officially yet. But, uh, um, you know, he's a, he has a great matchup here, I think, against, against the Chiefs, who are below average at covering the tight end in pretty much every metric. So I worry a little bit about Hurts in general, and I did take one prop that I think you guys will like. I took higher completion rate for Patrick Mahomes than Jalen Hurts, and that was only minus 112 at Canby Shops, um, and it's minus 120 now, I believe. And I still think that's more than playable. I mean, I, I really like that because Hurts' completion rate the last four weeks has been below 60% in three of the four games, and then... Now, he, again, if they play the defense that I expect, like, you know, come up and tell them to beat him over the top, it's just going to be like massive plays or nothing. So I like uh, Mahomes to have a higher completion rate than than Hurts. That's a good one. I hadn't seen that. I had seen Mahomes to have a higher quarterback rating, which that was even juicier. And I liked that number, too. Yep, because again, same. I just like I think that Jalen Hurts is going to struggle in this in in this game to throw the ball, just because we haven't really seen him being able to throw the ball very well as of late. 
You did hit us with one prop to talk about for this one a bit at a big price, and we love big prices here. So you have a first half, second half bet that you wanted to give out to our our loyal viewers. Yeah, I thought this is a fun one, and I actually think it's you know reasonably sharp. So <laughs> we'll go with Philly first half and Chiefs second half. Philly right now with Jalen Hurts averaged 19.1 points per game in the first half. This is the best uh, you know first half scoring average since the 2007 New England Patriots. Better than the Falcons team with Matt Ryan, where they were like known for their first half offensive explosions. Like this is literally one of the best first half teams in the league. But at the end of the day, I think that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are able to get it done, uh, and so. The plus 650, I mean, I thought it was an interesting look. If the Eagles do what they've done all year in the first half and the Chiefs are somehow able to pull out a win in the second half. As we mentioned, I think that there are some more holes for me to poke in the in this Chief, in the Eagles offense than there are the Chiefs at this point. So is this, sorry, first half full game or is this Eagles win first half, Chiefs win the second half? So could the Eagles still win the game and you cash this bet? Yeah, I think that the Eagles can still win the game and uh, and cash this bet uh, based on what I was saying. I think because this is at DraftKings and – um, yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs will win, but yeah, like you can still hypothetically like Eagles win first half, Chiefs second half. Right, exactly. The game maybe starts weird. It's like Eagles 21-10 at halftime. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs still end up losing, but they outscore them by seven points or something in the second half. That's that, that's a good distinction. I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun one, but I think matches up with a lot of our other, you know, my other thoughts personally on the game. And that's kind of been my strategy generally with the Super Bowl is like, how many derivatives can I play of, you know, kind of how I expect the game to go? And if the game doesn't go out, I expect it to, like, what other angles can I approach? And, like, what kind of long shot odds can I get on that? Uh, and that's kind of what I'm going to be working through the next couple of days because I've already kind of maxed out my capacity of, like, okay, I expect the game to go this way. You know, that's it. But like you said, like, you know, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, like, if Miles Sanders isn't, like, you know, 100% isn't playing that, like, Boston Scott could have, like, you know, 20 rushing yards, 30 rushing yards. Kenny Gainwell could have 50 or 60 or two touchdowns if Miles Sanders gets banged up. You know, I think there's a lot of different derivatives you can play that are longer shots as well. I, I think one of the things you can kind of get into with this stuff is paralysis by overanalysis. There's just such an, a, an insane amount of stuff you can bet on with the Super Bowl. And you put in so much work on the game itself to find every possible angle that you can take advantage of. So when it comes to the novelty props, how much of that stuff do you dabble in? I mean, most of that stuff is either you get information like the anthem or the halftime show. A lot of that stuff was coming out yesterday. Uh, you're the best of all those numbers are probably gone. Uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, first song, Diamond's last song That's for Rihanna's halftime show. Those seem pretty locked, for example. The rest of it is mostly like stuff to do just for fun. So how much do you dabble in these novelty props just because there's so much other stuff going on? Yeah, it's really sad because uh, I think it was three years ago, uh, you know, I was just like all in on Demi Lovato unders on the national anthem and was like, I mean, it was my easily my biggest sweat. You know, obviously I got, you know, information that it was going to be well under, but there were like alternate unders at like plus 500, you know, of where the time was going to be. So I was like all in, you know, sweating, yelling during the national anthem. I mean, it was an awesome time. And now we're at a point where, you know, I'm struggling to get like, you know, 20 bucks down on some, you know, garbage offshore. Uh, you know what I mean? And like about for about this. So I'm like, you know, this is just a waste of my time. You know, like I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I still know it. If I can get down, if any of the you know locals or whatever, you know, officers have it, then great. Otherwise, um, you know, I mean, there's not much you can do. I think in Canada, you could bet on the, the anthem. I don't know. I saw that, uh, but it was not available in the States. Overall, though, um, I'll do some like prop pools so you can enter in like some people will run like, you know, $50 entry and they have a list of like 20 props and knowing the answers to the novelty props is obviously, you know, a good way to clean up on those. Uh, so if you want to take advantage of your friends you know that's always a good way to do that um otherwise like the fun ones like gatorade color 
Um, I think we're looking at Eagles yellow if they win, uh, and then Chiefs, we don't know. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. That's kind of my so, props, though. So the Chiefs have traditionally been orange. They were the orange the last time they won the Super Bowl. They've been an orange team. The one thing that I would suggest for anyone who has bet MGM uh, it's to Dutch, orange and yellow. You can get it at basically like plus 190 if you Dutch orange and yellow. And that way you're covered if either team wins. And if they go with a different color, they go with a different color. But yeah, the Eagles are very much a yellow team. They have been. They were the last time they won the Super Bowl. That's what they hit Sirianni with after the NFC Championship game. So uh, the the offshores have been very tight on those. They've been like, yeah, I think yellow is minus money. But at, I know I bet MGM and I think there's another legal where you can do that. So those are the fun ones. The last question I have, and then I'll, I'll uh, see if Noob says anything else he wants to ask. This came up on the deep dive the other night. So this there have only been four previous Super Bowls to close with a favorite of less than two points. Uh, 54 when the Chiefs beat the 49ers, 49 when the Patriots beat the Seahawks, and then 16 and 7, which were the 49ers over the Bengals, which was not the Montana last-minute touchdown one. And then uh, Super Bowl 7 when the uh, Dolphins beat the uh, Redskins at the time, 14 to 7. That was the Garrow Yepremian fumble, but the game wasn't super compelling or close. I ask because... The, the, the question of overtime came up and would you bet an overtime prop? And the discussion was what happens if this is a seven point game late and either team scores a touchdown down by seven under a minute to go in the game. Do you think that either coach in this situation would go for the two and the win or play for overtime? What do you think? Yeah, I think for me, I thought about this. I think that Sirianni and the Eagles definitely would. Uh, I think that they would go for two and they would go for the win. I do not think Andy Reid would uh, at all. And partially, I think that's because like Andy Reid is very comfortable thinking like I have the better quarterback. I have the better, you know, whatever, like offense in his mind. Uh, whereas the Eagles, I think, you know, if, if they're on the ropes there, like, you know, they have not been all season pretty much. Like maybe they just go for two in the win, you know, especially if they're in that comeback mode. So I think, especially with how aggressive they've been on fourth downs, fourth down conversions, that's kind of my take. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe Sirianni would chicken out. But I kind of think that Sirianni's kind of got the stones to do it. I think I'm just going to bet yes on two-point conversion. That's all you've just convinced me of. I don't know what that is. Maybe <laughs> minus 200. Put it in. Lock it up. It does feel like we'll get one. Well, then my favorite prop that because I just learned what it was last year is would you bet the octopus? The octopus oh. is that will a player score a touchdown and then an ensuing or score a touchdown and then score the ensuing two point conversion? Is that like it's like what 10 to 1, 15 to 1, something oh, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of tough because yeah. I do think that it's really concentrated though. Because like if they're going to go for a two point conversion, it's going to go to like Kelsey or like Mahomes will, or I guess Hertz will run it in, you know, on the other side. Maybe Mahomes at full health would run it in. Like I don't really think they're going to be like, running a sweep to like, you know, sky more or anything on that kind of Sanders stuff. Sanders probably. Yeah. If I could yeah. bet a specific player, I might bet Kelsey at longer odds. Cause I could see them Kelsey touchdown, Kelsey two point conversion. Noops, yeah. you got anything else you want to ask? No, that was great. A lot of little yeah. things to think about some ideas for first touchdown scorers. I start to formulate. Yeah. And settle we'll have those on Friday, right? In, but... I'm assuming we're going to put you your feet to the fire on that Noops. Oh, it's feet to the fire. I've just been waiting. I, I usually like to, I try to bet them day of game. There might be some stuff I add then, but now I'll have a full list on Friday. There's, there's no surprises in the Super Bowl. Well, we have Connor. We appreciate it. As always, you can find him at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. Uh, where, what, uh, what four for four, what's your four for four schedule this week? I know you got, you said you have like 16 hits, but what, uh, what's your show schedule this week? Yeah, we are. We have a uh, move the line tonight. Uh, we got me, Ryan Noonan, John Daigle, and then Joey Kanish, special guest. Uh, you know, those are always some 
unique shows. Uh, you know, Kanish is always have there. energy. Talk, yeah, the energy. He's like laying down during the show. Yeah. You know, talking random crap. So that's always fun. And then Friday, a, a prop specific show with uh, Pat Mayo and, and Ryan Newton and myself, as well as my free Super Bowl article that's out there. A lot of the nuggets I talked about are from that. Uh, and if you want to read, you know, for some reason, 3,500 words on uh, this kind of stuff and in-depth stats, it's free on 44.com. We appreciate it. As always, best of luck with all of your bets. Uh, and hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah, likewise, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Always a good time. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Connor. So lots to think about. There's a lot to think about with that. And while we think about it over the next couple of days, we can talk about stuff we're betting today. Uh, we'll start with NBA, where the biggest thing that happened in Los Angeles last night was the Thunder got you a win. The Thunder did get me a win. That's the, the, what I was mostly concerned about. Yeah. Honestly, I think the most interesting thing was Anthony Davis's reaction to LeBron James um, setting all the point records. Who knows what was going on? There's a couple of videos floating around. I mean, Anthony Davis has always been kind of an eye roll guy for me. He's one of those guys, supremely talented. Like if him and Ben Simmons are on the same spectrum, he is the high point of that spectrum. And Ben Simmons is the low point of that spectrum um in terms of underachieving brilliant athletes but congratulations to lebron james seriously um i spent a lot of time arguing with people online last night about michael jordan versus lebron james there is absolutely a ton to be said about lebron james longevity i don't think there's ever been a player that's played this well for this long you know kareem is the only one close to this but you know kareem really had a couple of years in the middle there where he was playing poorly. I mean, before sort of magic shows up and reinvigorates him a little bit, you know, he was kind of on the outs. But LeBron has just been an absolute force. I mean, it's hard to say that someone doesn't deserve something like this, you know, when they set some sort of crazy record like this. But I am happy that it's LeBron James and it's not, um, you know, somebody else like somehow, you know, maybe somebody like Kyrie Irving or somebody just scored a bazillion points or Carl Malone somehow did this before he retired. So it's great. LeBron James is awesome. And I did love LeBron James saying that he has at least a couple of years left and could win a championship for any group of guys or any franchise. <laughs> Well, there was a time where I felt like LeBron should do a thing where he just like tried with the years where he was going to the Eastern Conference or he was going to the NBA Finals every year in the East, where he should just like sign one year contracts and see if he could take the worst team in the Eastern Conference to the NBA Finals every year when he really was in his prime. I'll say this, like I'm not a LeBron hater. I've enjoyed watching him a lot. Like I feel fortunate. Like I remember Michael Jordan, but like was pretty young through most of it. I don't definitely appreciate him the way I would if he was playing now, but like LeBron James, the amount of hype and the amount of pressure and the amount of expectation that he had coming into the NBA as an 18-year-old to have surpassed it, any tangible measure that you could have expected for him for the most hyped athlete of our sports lifetime is pretty insane. Uh, my favorite thing from last night, though, I will say is in the picture of him of him taking that shot is Thomas Bryant parked in the paint calling for the entry pass from LeBron James. Like, I appreciate your commitment to your craft that you want the ball in that situation, but dude, you ain't getting the ball there. Like, at that point, LeBron's one bucket away. He is shooting every time you get the ball. Just make sure that you set it up so that he can shoot it. So that was pretty funny. I did. I tried to watch it. I fell asleep. I woke up and it's like, oh, he has the record now. And I was like, well, I'm going to bed now then, I guess. But nevertheless, uh, it was awesome. And it's just so cool that we've gotten to see him uh, do everything that he's done. And tonight... You're going back to the well, and I forgot to track this on a bet that you did last week at Big Odds. Did it hit last time? 
It did not. They fell short in the first quarter and, and were not able to get it done. But yeah, we've got another first half angle here on the Rockets, um, as well as another bet, you know, just quickly here. Um, and I know I'm trying to avoid talking about the fact that I put hard-earned money on behind my 76ers, but a couple of the games quickly, the Wizards short favorites against the Hornets, you know, it looks about right. I thought about maybe adding a Pistons team total under, but Worried maybe a little bit about the blowout there in Cleveland again. Might go back and add that later. Um, was going to bet the Miami. I'm sorry. Was going to bet the Indiana Pacers tonight, but apparently they were at the club in Miami at like two in the morning last night, and um, we're showing no sign of slowing down. So maybe they'll have the Miami flu. I'll pass on that one. Definitely not going to bet the Raptors or the Spurs because they're the Raptors and the Spurs. Um, <laughs> Andy's Timberwolves, five-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Jazz have been taking money since that line opened, as they should. Um, the Mavericks, no Luka. So, you know, maybe lay the points at the Clippers, but probably not. And if you tell me what's going to – you know what's going to happen in the Warriors-Trailblazers game tonight, you're lying. So, uh, two games I did actually bet, but I will start. I put my hard-earned money – along with my emotions, on the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> tonight. They are four-and-a-half-point underdogs um, in Boston tonight. I was actually there live on Sunday to watch them in Madison Square Garden score 35 points in the first quarter, and then I think just about 70 points the rest of the game. That's pretty hard to do. So they've had a couple days to think about that. Um, and Bede is questionable here, which I think is part of the reason we're getting some value here. I, I think there's a good chance he plays again. Played on Sunday, looked pretty much fine, um, you know, in terms of his body, in terms of, you know, kind of his energy level. This is a huge game. He's had two days off again to kind of rest and recuperate for this. So expect him to play. Um, really an, I think this is a nice spot for the Sixers. Um, you know, no mark is smart. Jalen Brown um, probable tonight will be his first game back after injury. So a little bit of time for him to kind of fill things in. And again, it's a lot of this is about Embiid. It's a great matchup for him. The Celtics, as good as Al Horford has been, um, a smart is really important to them defensively and what they're able to do in terms of trying to double Embiid. And without him on the floor tonight, especially if Brown's not 100%, I think it's a tough spot. So going to take plus four and a half here with the Sixers. And the Houston Rockets, who I continue to like at home as long as they have Jalen Green. Green is healthy tonight. He's going to be playing. They're eight-point underdogs, but you cannot play Rockets full games anymore. I mean, the fourth quarter chicanery is just absurd. So <laughs> took the first half here plus four and a half, and then going to play this bet, you know, pretty much any time I, I have a spot where I like the Rockets in the first half. Um, Rockets to win the first half here. Kings to win the full game plus 500. Um, again, the Rockets have been fantastic in, in the first half of games at home, and I think they'll cover that four and a half. They have a much better chance of winning, I think, than the number – um, is shown at this point. And if they do win that first half, I think the Kings are easily win this game. I mean, at Houston, it's, it's a, it's a masterclass. If teams are trying to figure out how to tank games, just put up the Houston Rockets fourth quarters in this season, watch and learn. So my Sixers, despite my best intentions to avoid betting them whenever possible, the Houston Rockets first half and then first half full game, uh, first half Rockets full game Kings plus 500 for a little sprinkle. Yeah, they uh, they actually scored fewer than 70 points over the final three quarters against the Knicks. I the other they day. may have. They, they scored 62. To score 35 points in the first quarter and not score 100 points in an NBA game is takes quite a bit of effort, I would say. <laughs> Sorry to twist the knife on that one. That was a little rude. but It's just a it. lot. It was two things that drive me nuts. It was a lot of throwing the ball away. Oh, so many turnovers. And then for some reason, Evan Fournier was just standing wide open in the corner time after time after time. I swear to God, no one should ever let me in the same room as Glenn Rivers. I'm just going to scream at him. I'm just going to scream. I don't know what it will be. I'm, just, uh, I'm not going to hit him. I don't feel physically violent, but it just drives me nuts. They can't seem to have uh, 
they have Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and James Harden. Two of those people should always be on the floor. Never mm -hmm. just one. Always two of them. And for the love of God, can we guard the corner on threes? But that's enough. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they will tonight, and maybe they'll pull off an upset. And as long as they cover, at least you win. Although something tells me you probably wouldn't be happy with, like, a three-point loss. It would be a bittersweet betting win for you there. It would be um, okay. Yeah. I have some soccer for the people today. Um, soccer, we, I love football. We do. We have a Premier League game this afternoon. This is a makeup game. This was a game that was supposed to be played the weekend when Queen Elizabeth died, and they had to they uh, postponed all of the Premier this League law. games. Well, yeah, I mean, both both teams were Manchester United's been involved in European competition, and both teams are in the FA Cup, so they they kind of had some trouble finding time to reschedule this game. So they finally were able to. Leeds United is visiting Manchester United in a game where these are two teams that are heading in complete opposite directions. Manchester United has won 13 straight games at home. Uh, they move into a tie with Manchester City for second place with a win, five points behind Arsenal leads is out of the rele relegation zone on goal differential only. They haven't won a league game since November. Uh, Bruno Fernandez for Manchester United has been awesome against Leeds in his career. He has six career goals. Marcus Rashford has scored in six of his seven games since returning from the World Cup. He is as in form as any striker in the world right now. So this is a really bad spot for Leeds. Leeds sacked their manager, Jesse Marsh. So Jesse Marsh, their manager, an American coach, signed his third American player, uh, brought in Weston McKinney from Juventus. So they have three American players on the roster. Got one game with them. They lost to Nottingham Forest this weekend, and he got sacked. And usually what happens is when a coach gets sacked, you'll see a, a, an uptick in play from the team once they bring in a new manager. The way that, like, say, Everton beat Arsenal this weekend with a new manager, except they didn't bring in a new manager altogether. They're just going with an interim, and there's a fun little twist to this. So Leeds interim is a guy named Chris Armas, who's also an American. He actually coached for Manchester United. He was an assistant brought in by their previous coach, Ralph Rangnick, and the Manchester United players did not like him nor respect him. They just referred to him as Ted Lasso uh, in a pejorative sense, and he oh, was not funny. very popular amongst the Manchester United players. Ralph Rangnick got sacked, and they brought in Eric Ten Hag, who has kind of turned things around. And now Chris Armas is the interim coach for Leeds United facing his old squad, but I don't think that's going to matter. Uh, I put together a same-game parlay over at FanDuel. This has actually gone against me a little bit. It's been moving all day. Uh, it is now plus 109, but it's Manchester United to win plus over two and a half goals at plus 107 is what I played it at. It's at 109 now. Like I said, United is going to score goals. They have been scoring goals against everyone. They always score goals against Leeds. I think they've they won like this is I believe the first match this season, but they beat them pretty handily both times last year. The one fly in the ointment for Manchester United, Casemiro, who is their midfield leader, their defensive midfield, who kind of anchors that unit, is out for three games with a suspension because he got a straight red card in the last game. So maybe Leeds will be able to find the back of the net in this one. But either way, I think they're going to have a hard time trying to stop Manchester United because they've never been a really good defensive team and i don't think chris armis is going to change a ton so i think i'm i i think that manchester united should cruise in this game so manchester united to win and over two and a half goals uh total not manchester united that's a total for the game not their team total plus 107 plus 109 anything at plus money i am okay with and before i bring that back in we say hello to andy who has just landed so hi andy How's the, i guess we should ask him questions he can't really respond yeah, I mean, he can hop in the chat if he has anything that he wants to say to us. But uh, hello. I hope Andy. he gives us a thumbs up. Yeah, Andy, give us a thumbs up. Comment on my hat or Noobs' hat for once. How did we do in tennis yesterday, Noobs? 
Solid day. Uh, one in uh, one and one got both picks in at plus money. So I think it ended up being break even, depending on what's uh, price you got on that first set over nine and a half. And if you're able to stack it up, even better. Got to seven six there for Zhang Ostapenko. The second set went way under. So it was nice to kind of have the script of that one figured out. Blankova lost early and lost quickly. Um, so <laughs> at least wasn't one of those frustrating times where she wins the match and um, in three sets versus two. But three picks for us right now. Um, all totals again, only four matches lines that I'm looking at here right now. Money lines all look pretty solid to me. Thought about, you know, maybe backing Teichman as a two-to-one underdog, but Kasekina is generally pretty solid. Um, you know, on Linz, maybe Van Udvank is a small dog to Martich, but hard to trust her. What I do like, though, is we've got a couple first set overs here and then an actual under. Um, we'll start with Barbara Krejcikova plays Ludmilla Samsonova. Um, I had this myself, the first set, closer to 10. So to get nine and a half at standard juice or better is just awesome here. Two women serve very well, um, have been pretty competitive here, played themselves into some decent form. I'm looking at at least a 6-4 here. I think there's, again, once these open up more places, we'll try to stack up for a 7-5, seven, 7-6. Seven, I think there's a great chance of a tiebreaker here. So love that first set, over 9.5 at standard juice or better. And then in the aforementioned Kasekina teichman match, um, instead of betting Teichman here, I'm just going to grab the under. 21.5, had this um, closer to 20.5. Um, given how big of a favorite Kasekina is, is given how likely we are to have a two-set match and how quickly um, you know both of these women um, play their play first sets here. Um, well, not even first sets, just really sets in general. A lot of six twos, six threes, six ones. You know, for both of these women. So as long as this match gets done in two, I think that's a very comfortable under. Um, I like that quite a bit. And then in Linz, uh, first set over nine and a half. Potapova, Nehemiah. Again, another one I'll stack up when I get a chance here. Um, both women push very hard in first sets. Really competitive. Um, had this one closer to minus 125 as opposed to the minus 105 or better that you should be able to find. So again, anything even at standard juice or better. So a couple first sets, overs and an under 21 and a half. Um, like Joe asked about the Cavaliers uh, first half, minus seven. Gosh, it's a really big number. Um, I, I think it's it's that or, or pass. Um, the Cavs have been really great at home, especially early. Uh, but this Pistons team has been tough, so I, I don't know. It's that's pretty close to my number, but Cavs are passing that spot. Yeah, I'm, I have nothing to add to that. So yeah, that's why I asked you and not me. That's why we ask you about basketball because we got he asked us about the Kyrie trade the other day, and Andy and I were like, <laughs> "Doesn't seem like that's going to go well, but who knows?" And you kind of spoke to that yesterday. It could be interesting. Again, there's there's a scenario where it really works, where they slow the game down. It's just the two of them kind of doing the hyper-efficient dueling banjos thing. But I just – until Irving has only played half of his games basically right. for the last five, six years. He's just been a mess. Yeah, he's has a toxic personality, and they don't play deep. They are, were already a bad defensive team, and they got worse by trading one of their only like legit defenders. Like – it's interesting. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. They should be able to score a lot of points. Uh, I, you know, and they could do an interesting thing where one of those guys is on the floor at all times. But like, who knows? It's going to be fascinating to watch. That's all I can say. And you know, on that, like, I'm excited no, to see it. No, no thoughts in terms of like betting that team one way or another. I mean, we'll see what the overs. I mean, people will probably like the the square plays. People are going to be like, oh, you should probably bet a lot of overs. But I'm guessing the books are probably going to account for that and then like you said like who knows how long uh Kyrie's going to play before he either gets angry or uh gets angry or mercurial or 
says something anti-Semitic or yeah. So who knows? We'll see. And uh, that is pretty funny, Savage. I roll my eyes at a lot of the vaccine stuff. That particular joke has gotten me a few times. Well, the the, the, the joke or comment irony. The joke about Kyrie getting real going into the city where JFK was assassinated, so he can get really into those conspiracy theories, is <laughs> probably the best thing that came out of the trade. If we're being honest, like those, every single one of those jokes was funny. I'm not even being sarcastic. So there so was that. Definitely, too. hopefully, be some good footage of him, like you know, walking near the book depository, standing on the lawn. Maybe he's like Kyrie at the tower. He should lean into it. Like he should go do a photo shoot on the grassy knoll. Like just lean into it. Can you even do that? I don't even know if that's like still a place that you can go. And I have no idea. I've let's been to Dallas a couple times, but I've never. So let's hope knows. it is. <laughs> There's a chance. <laughs> all right, that's enough. That's all we got to talk about. Covered everything again. Thanks again for Connor. Uh, make sure you catch his uh, Twitter handle at the early show. I think it's at Connor Allen NFL. Follow him. Mm-hmm. Tons of great stuff. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe with Andy. Maybe with Matt. Maybe with all three of us. Who knows? 